Recognition, power, and influence is your birthright, and this podcast shows you how to get there. Welcome to episode number 215. I've been inspired by a couple of conversations lately about the gender pay gap and also the future of women's leadership conferences and the best ways to support women in order to close this gender pay gap and what are some of the things that we need to be thinking about. So in today's episode, I'm really just giving you some of my thoughts and opinions around this incredibly important topic. And also, I encourage you to make this particular podcast episode a two-way conversation. So once it's over, I really want to hear from you. Go to stacymayer.com slash email and reach out to me and let me know what you think about this podcast episode, what thoughts it brings up for you. I would absolutely love to continue this conversation both privately and also publicly. So if there are opportunities where we we can speak out and we can begin to share this information and kind of what is working for you personally. I would absolutely love to hear that and love to support you on that journey. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and I teach you how to get promoted, get paid, and bring your whole self to the leadership table. I am on a mission to change organizations from the C-suite out because women are the new face of leadership and we are doing it on our terms. Hello, corporate badasses. Welcome to another episode of Women Changing Leadership. I am your host, Stacey Mayer, and super excited as always to be here with you again this week. For today's episode, I am honestly not even sure where today's episode is going to take me. So that's a caveat in that I felt really compelled to talk about a situation that I'm still digesting and understanding myself. And as a person who thinks out loud, I um, and I also welcome you if you're that type of person who sort of processes information by speaking it out loud. This is my process. And it also feels like a very important message to share with all of you. And I encourage you as you're listening to this conversation, perhaps you can also use it in a meta way, which is not only to listen to the words and the opinions, that I state, but ask yourself, what are your own personal opinions around this topic? And the topic, it, it was, it sprung out of a podcast episode that I listened to last week by one of my mentors, Eleanor Beaton, and she has an incredible podcast called Anchored Intelligence. And she did an episode, an interview called What Everyone Gets Wrong About the Gender Pay Gap featuring Dr. Claudia Golden. I really, really enjoyed this podcast episode as I was listening to it, and we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. And Dr. Claudia Golden is a researcher on the gender pay gap. She has been a part of, um, actually, in the episode, it, it comes out that she was part of the study, um, the blindfold study that they did with orchestras in hiring processes, where they blindfolded the people who were hiring so that they didn't know if it was a man or a woman playing. And it's just a fantastic study as well. 
that I heard about several, several, many years ago, but she was a part of that research team doing that study as well. So she's been around for a very long time, has a lot of opinions about how to close the gender pay gap. And there were two specific things that stood out to me that I wanted to share with you. And then also some of my thoughts on the gender pay gap and and where I see this equitable workplace coming forth in the future years and what part I play in it, what part my clients play in it, what part you play in it. And then the second piece is that I attended um, the JP Morgan. Well, I didn't actually attend. (laughs) I just showed up. But I was meeting with a client of mine who was at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco. And we were having a really great conversation about conferences for women because she had just came from the Massachusetts Conference for Women, and she had some opinions about some of the breakout rooms and some of the content that was being shared. And we had a really great conversation about some of the challenges that are a part of these women's conferences and how I believe that's also contributing to part of this gap, unfortunately. So I'll I'll talk more about that in today's episode, and we'll just kind of see where this goes, shall we? (laughs) Okay, so the first thing that I want to share with you from the interview that Eleanor did is she said something that just like, of course, was true, but I had never thought of it this way. Dr. Golden said that the gender pay gap affects educated women the most, And what she meant by this was, if we look at minimum wage jobs, the gender pay gap doesn't really exist, right? So a minimum wage job, as long as you get hired, the salary is going to be capped at a certain number. You're going to get paid a certain amount of money based on circumstances, right? And so we don't really see the gender pay gap at lower wage jobs. She also pointed out that when we're looking at the numbers, it includes those lower wage jobs, which unfortunately what that means is that if we think the numbers are bad, um, they're, they're even skewed, right? Because we're including these lower wage jobs where that gap isn't really there, which is fantastic, I guess. But the women that I work with, if you're listening to this podcast, you're an educated woman, right? Meaning that you went to school for a, a trade and then you came out on the other side with an expectation and salary and entered the workforce to create a career, not just get a job, so to speak. When we're looking at that, and the reason why the statistic is so obvious once you really think about it is because the variances, and especially in leadership, the pay variances are so huge, right? And a lot of the financials are hidden, you know, unless you talk to one of your peers or a coworker or you look online if there's transparency and salary transparency and you can look it up. But otherwise, it's not really clear. Plus, we're talking about massive amounts of money in the sense where one person could get paid $50,000 more than you or $10,000 more than you or $2,000 dollars more than you, right? So there's large discrepancies in how much money people get paid for the exact same role, male or female. And so then what we're noticing is that women, and now this is going into my own opinion, not what was shared on the podcast episode, but what we're noticing is that because of this arbitrariness and then And then obviously in the work that I do because of some of the ways that women are negotiating and putting themselves up for these higher level roles, 
we are perpetuating this gender pay gap, right? And so I'm not trying to blame the women themselves because organizations have a responsibility to create transparency. And I do really believe that that's part of the solution, right? And so if we really know what the salaries are on the table and we do something similar to the orchestra blindfold you know, hiring practices and salary practices. And we just sort of say, hey, these are the numbers. And then we sort of make numbers at the top similar to minimum wage, then that could be part of the solution, right? I don't know. That's not what she shared. But this was just a thought that, as I said, I'm pontificating as part of this episode. (laughs) All right. So you are the most affected by the gender pay gap. And then the other piece that she talks about is why diversity and inclusion efforts fail at organizations, fail at closing this gap. And one of the things that she points to is that while we create awareness around the issue, we're unable to really make changes internally. Definitely listen to that episode. From here on out, I want to caveat that these are my opinions and not something that she shared. And then now I want to share with you why I th- I personally think that that is also part of the challenge. So I definitely agree with diversity and inclusion efforts is similar to I agree that we need women's conferences in the world. But I think one of the challenges that, that we face, and I, I'm clumping those two together because they're very focused on helping women advance. And this is incredibly important. And it is something that we need to put out into the world and we need to really think about. And I encourage you to think about your own career path, but maybe the global problem, like how how are we holding each other back? And something that really comes to mind as we continue on this effort is really, one, understanding that really, truly, truly, truly understanding that what we're doing as women by getting ourselves into these higher leadership positions is very different than what has been done before. And we sort of feel that, right? Like we feel that we lead differently. We we are diverse, right? We're bringing a different opinion to the leadership table. But essentially what we're doing is we're flipping everything on its head. Like we're just flipping it over. And I think what women's conferences have done in an effort to create empowerment and awareness around women's issues is that they have made certain problems for women based on the current rules of society. So based on the current rules of society. So when I went to this JP Morgan healthcare conference, the women who they were like, oh my gosh, I wish that you were speaking here. I wish that you were at the Massachusetts Conference for Women and and giving a talk because your perspective is so unique. And that's also what inspired today's episode is that why why aren't there speakers at these conferences? Why aren't there speakers coming to your women's resources groups, giving and having conversations about getting promoted on our terms? And I think it's because one, because it's confusing. And it's like, well, how does that work? And I have spent the last seven years figuring out what that is and implementing it client by client by client and promotion by promotion and figuring out what this new corporate structure 
really looks like, what this new way of advancing our career on our terms really looks like for us. Part of it is this idea that it's a bit confusing. And then the other thing is, is that it feels, it can feel polarizing. So let's say we're willing to have a women's leadership conference, right? Which is polarizing in and of itself, saying basically, men, stay out. <laughs> you're not, you're not welcome here. And we're going to have a women's leadership conference. And one of the things my client mentioned is if I have to go to another breakout session that emphasizes work life balance, like as if that's my problem. I, I'm going to scream. I'm going to tear my hair out. And so what these women at these conferences are craving, at least in my opinion and what I hear from my clients, is really that sort of practical guide and that roadmap that says, here, this is what it can look like for you specifically, right? This is what the new leadership table looks like. And this is how you can begin to create that path for yourself. This is my mission. You know, sometimes I don't even realize how much of an island I'm on, but but when I'm confronted with traditional methodology, I realize it very instantaneously. So my approach to this is not polarizing, right? It is very all-encompassing, but the reason that it is specifically focused on women and not necessarily men is because women women need to, in order to advance in the ways that I am talking about, they need to literally like some like a piece of the puzzle has to change. Something has to shift for them in order to really have the success. Certainly they can get promoted. Certainly men can get promoted, right? Everything is possible, but where it falls short is being able to do it on our terms. And so what I think the women's leadership conferences are getting right is they're saying, hey, we need to talk about work-life balance, right? Because it's important. And how do we advocate for that? Um, and the first thing that I want to say to you is I think I, I really strongly believe in the separation of family and work. And <laughs> I know this is like super controversial. And I am here as a mom with two small children. And I do tend to, you know, have conversations very openly about my children, and I have no difficulty with that. But what I would prefer to see women do is to really understand their leadership and understand the value that they're bringing to their organization, despite their family, like really like se separate from their family. Let me give you an example where this really, really falls short. Let's say that you want to create a boundary where you leave every single day at four o'clock because you like to pick up your kids at four o'clock. Now, I think that is incredibly important, and I want you to do that. I want you to leave every single day at four o'clock to pick up your kids. And so what you're doing is you're having a conversation with your boss, male or female, and you're saying, hey, I would like to leave every day at four o'clock to pick up my kids, Okay. Now you're automatically docked because now it looks like you're not, you just leave early. You're presenting it as like, I just want to leave early. But really, when we get to the crux of it, the truth is you've done your work, you're accelerating at your job, you're over delivering, right? All of these amazing things that you've done all week. And truthfully, like I think in the back, 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 unfortunately, back, back of your mind, you're like, well, I've done my job, right? Like I am doing a phenomenal role. 
I should be able to leave at four o'clock. And so what I coach women to do is just leave at four o'clock, right? You can communicate like I'm leaving at four o'clock or like my workday ends at four. Or I don't in- intend these meetings. And the higher up you go, of course, you have that flexibility to just do that. And you don't even have to check in with anybody. But when you're in that middle management or director level, you might have to say I'm offline during these hours. And you can create the reasoning for that, right? And so part of that is changing this system. And when we start to separate family from work, then we really realize that separation and how important and valuable my family is. And we start to protect that and to say, hey, this matters to me that I grow and nurture this family, that I love this family, and so where we where we start to get into that struggle when we say our boss doesn't support my family or my boss doesn't support my work-life balance, it's because we're presenting it as they should. But what your boss does support is your getting your work done, going above and beyond, being able to deliver at a high pace. Your boss tends to support that. What we want to be careful of is by creating that separation and figuring out the ways that we can take care of ourselves that aren't that are independent of every single other person, right? And so that's where I see the missing link with women's conferences and thinking about the closing the gender pay gap is really inspiring and giving women strategies to actually raise their hand to raise their hand for that next level role. And so what I'm doing is I'm painting a picture with my clients and really carving out like this big mess of the corporate world and we're swimming through it and we're creating space for us, for something that uniquely works for us where we both get paid above and beyond and we have time to do other things in our life. And we don't put the expectations. Another thing that I'll tell my clients is you don't need to be friends with the people at work. So often we're spending a lot of energy trying to impress our peers. Our peers have nothing to do with our career. Like literally, like most of our peers cannot help us advance our career. But I will tell you right now, your peers are sabotaging your career because you're spending a lot of energy getting them to like you and getting them to think that you're good at your job when you could be spending that energy building relationships with your C-suite and actually advancing your career. Your friends at work do not need to be your friends. Have friends, have family, have other activities outside of work. This is also where thought leadership comes in. If more women would really just commit to their greater mission, their greater value that they're bringing, they're going to start to feel that satisfaction on their own. They're going to start to feel connected on their own. Now, this brings me back to the women's conferences and really how I see this conversation changing is if we can start from that place where women do things differently, we automatically are going to be paving and creating and shaking up in the snow globe a different path towards executive leadership. And we're willing to do that. And here's a roadmap of what that looks like. I wanted to see a women's conference where the women who are speaking on the stage are not so far removed from the women in the audience, meaning we get all these CEOs speaking on stage, empowering everybody, and the people in the audience are sitting there, yeah, that would be great if I had that type of power, right? I want to see the women that I interview on this podcast, right, at all levels 
making their executive path work for them. The ability to raise your hand, the ability to know how you're going to be successful at that next level, that strategy in place is so important because it grounds you. I'll give you another example. This happened at the um, conference talking to, this was a friend of a friend who, so she was not my client, but she was sharing how supportive she was being for a, um, a direct report who is uh, pregnant right now. And she hasn't told anybody except for her boss, this woman that I was speaking with, that she is pregnant. And she told her because she felt like she could trust her. And she was like, you know, I feel like you won't quote unquote use that against me. So, so often women feel like, oh, I'm pregnant. It's career sabotage, right? It's er, everything gets put on hold. And so the woman who was sharing this with me, she's like, you know, I'm trying to be really open. You know, I have work that needs to get done, but I'm making sure I run everything by her first. And I'm asking her, hey, do you want to work on this project? I'm going to give you more work. Uh, yes or no. And then having her make these decisions along the way, which I think in theory sounds like a great idea, right? But what I was noticing is that in her language, she kept using the word work. I'm going to give you this work or I'm not going to give you this work. She wasn't talking about the greater opportunities at work and how she can set her up for both future success and then also immediate success, right? So if you're thinking about if you have a, if you have a direct report who is going out on maternity leave, the best gift that you can give them is to sort of say, okay, these are the blockers, right? These are the challenges that we're facing. We have to get work done in this short amount of time. But this is why you're still not going to lose out on future opportunities. So this is your future pathway that when you are ready to come back to work, then all of those opportunities are still set up for you. So we're going to do the 80-20, meaning that we're going to figure out the best impact that she can make right now to set her up for future success. Now, again, in order to have this conversation with her, we have to understand what is shifting in the corporate world. So this idea of career sabotage only exists because women live in this sort of either or scenario, either I fully commit to my career or I back off. And that is just not the case. What I'm teaching is this middle way, right? We do both at the same time. We fully commit to our family. We fully embrace. We fully take time off. But we stop leading with needing to embrace and take time off and be with our family and all those things. Like I have to take maternity leave or I have to tell my boss because my work product isn't as great as it used to be right? And instead, if we just empower ourselves and really understand that this isn't both an obstacle for the organization, right? It's an obstacle for them as well. And it's an obstacle for my future opportunities, but I still want those future opportunities. So I am going to create a path for myself, right? This is empowerment. It's not asking your boss to do this for you. You are empowering yourself and figuring out that pathway. So this comes to me and how people and my clients use me and use coaching. The biggest problem that I see is, you know, going back to the interview with uh, Eleanor, is that 
is that we're from those diversity and inclusion efforts, we're still looking at the organization to change. We're looking for our boss to change. We're looking for the system to change in order for us to be successful. And I say, screw all that. We create our own pathway in order to be successful. Women can do this inside their organizations. They can do this by leaving their organizations. There has never been a time in our life as a woman where we have had more opportunities for higher level executive leadership positions anywhere we want, right? And we can go out and grab those, create those, make those opportunities for ourselves. But that feels very daunting when you have a day-to-day job, right? Like you have work to do. So how do we do both at the same time? Well, that's when we get somebody like me who can map out that strategy for you and really say to you, hey, this is how things are going to happen for you, and these are the steps necessary to get there, and we're going to be doing a great job at our job, right? And we're going to be amazing mothers, and we can have friends out the wazoo, and we can create thought leadership, and we can do all of these incredible things all at the same time. The reason why I know this to be true is because my clients are doing it. I have had clients who've been working with me for three or four years who get promotion after promotion after promotion. Like some of them have had three or even four promotions since they started working with me. And they're building and they're creating this path for themselves. They're pivoting, they're changing, they're they're changing industries They're switching from individual contributor to leaders. They're mixing it up. We're taking, we're embracing the snow globe. And then we're saying, hey, I'm going to take my own ownership. I'm going to take my own career on my terms. I am figuring this out. I'm no longer, I'm asking my boss for advice. And then I'm using Stacy to interpret said advice and figuring out if it's going to work for me right? I'm stop taking everything at face value. I stop going to these conferences or conversations where it says, you know what? You really need to create boundaries. You need to make sure that you have strong work-life balance. Stop pleasing everyone. Make sure you delegate, right? And really embracing and creating this new wave of leadership conference where we can say, hey, this is the new path that we're creating. Some of also what I realized from today's episode is I want to share this with you, but I also want to institute your help in this change, right? So because um, my methods are non-traditional, I do find myself not being able to share about what I'm doing in a way that is where I feel that it's the most impactful on this sort of cookie cutter stage, right? And there are so many conferences, so many women's groups, so many organizations that are already breaking this mold. And so if you work for one of these organizations or you know a conference that is doing things differently, bring me in, right? I am ready to be a part of this larger conversation. Send me a message and connect with me about what you see happening out there. If you're not seeing that change, but you know somebody who runs one of these organizations and you say, hey, I think they might be open to it, connect them with me. Because my mission is to empower each one of you with the actual strategy that works for you personally within a corporate structure, right? We have a lot of boundaries that are created for us and by other people, but there is no reason that we can't get ourselves into those higher levels of power and influence. 
That is what I want for you. So think about it. If you think of opportunities for me, please connect me. If you're not sure, but you're just like, hey, Stacey, I'm going to be on the lookout. Do that. You can send me a direct message on LinkedIn. You can also reply to me um, through my email list at stacymayer.com slash email. I receive all of those messages directly. Please, we need to create a better workplace that works for us. And I am part of that change. You're part of that change. We are doing this work and I can't wait to see what happens next. All right. Thank you all so much for listening and I'll see you next week. Bye. Before you go, I have a question for you. Do you know how close you are to your next promotion? Really? Not what your boss has told you, not what you even believe to be true, but have you actually taken the time to sit down, take an assessment, review the five categories that it takes to get promoted into senior executive leadership positions and decided where you fall in each category and given yourself a ranking on a scale of one to 10 of how close you are to getting your next promotion? Have you done this? Well, now's your chance. If that feels interesting to you and you're like, hey, I want to know exactly how close I might actually be or how far away you might be and what it's going to take to get you even closer, then I invite you to take my promotability quiz. This is a quiz that I put together with practical tips that actually tell you where you're lacking and where you're winning. What are the areas that you actually need to improve and not necessarily what your boss is telling you all the time so that you can take concrete steps towards landing that next promotion and changing the face of the leadership table. Go to yourpromotabilityscore.com to take your free assessment today, yourpromotabilityscore.com, and let me know how it goes.